0: Listener
1: production. Buyers make an impression on US markets with indices finishing higher on
0: Wall Street. And Aussie shares are poised to rise at the open on Friday, tracking overseas gains. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday the 29th of September. Welcome to the Comsec
1: Market Update. Ryan, I've missed you. I've missed you too, Tom. How was Perth? It was great. Cheerio to our customers if you're listening. But a lot's been going on in the markets. You've missed a lot. Yeah. We've had a massive sell off on Wall Street. Yep. And we're a little bit higher this morning. The Dow's up by about a third of a percent. The SP 500 up 0.6 of a percent. The NASDAQ up by around 0.8 of a percent. So the point to make, I would think, is that we have seen a very aggressive sell off. And this is just a consolidation in that context at the moment. You know, having seen a decline of around almost 7% since the middle part of September. You know, uh, this is probably just a a pause to get your breath back.
0: And the reprieve was really on the bond market front. So what we've seen over the course of the last week or so since the US Federal Reserve met is that we have seen US 10-year government bond yields up and they've been around 16-year highs. We saw them get up around 4.6%. And last night, a little bit of a respite there on that front. We saw the 10-year down by five basis points to 4.58%.
1: Yeah, so it's a bit of an unteasing of the situation because on the one hand, you had improved growth forecast, improved employment forecast from the Fed. But then within that, you had that surge in oil prices. Then they peaked at around $95 a barrel overnight where West Texas is concerned. And that's, I would say, the nub of the issue in terms of that interplay between what's going on in interest rate markets and what's going on with energy and then the fallout elsewhere. Yes, you had those improved forecasts, but in real terms, what's happening right now is more of a concern, I would say, than
0: any Fed forecast. Would you agree with that? Well, absolutely, And You've got the US government shutdown, which is overlaying all this. So what we saw overnight was the latest GDP or economic growth data out of the United States for the June quarter and we did see a slight revision downwards to 2.1% annualised. But the important thing there was that we saw the personal consumption number, it grew by 0.8%, and that was a downgrade. It was fairly lacklustre the rate compared to the 1.7% pace that we'd seen previously reported. And of course, that was the weakest number since the beginning of the year. So on the back of that, it does suggest there is some slowing in the US economy taking place at last.
1: I suppose the markets have an opportunity immediately to compare that important inflation figure within the GDP numbers against a a number tonight, which will be, I suppose, a little more timely because it's the most recent monthly number in terms of um, those PCE figures, those important
0: inflation figures that the U.S. Fed looks most closely at. Yes, tonight we're going to get the update on the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, the personal consumption expenditure deflator. We like calling out the old PCEs, it's called. And we're expecting to see an easing in the annualised growth rate from 4.2% to 3.9% in August. So a three-handle, that's a positive sign, but we're a long way from 2%. And of course, the Fed has got some more work to do to get inflation down. I'll put it to you that a
1: lot of this data is now at the margins when you have seen a re-rating in terms of the oil price and a total renovation in terms of your expectations where oil prices might be over the course of the next six months. So even if you get good numbers tonight, as a risk manager, do you go, okay, you know what, I'm going to put
0: more weight on where energy prices go in the next month. And we get an update on consumer confidence tonight, and within that, we'll get an update on consumers' inflation expectations. So where the rubber hits the road with rising oil prices, apart from gasoline and petrol prices lifting, and it's another cost-of-living burden to consumers, is really around expectations from consumers around inflation. Because if they start to lift again, then they will, I guess, cut back on their spending. That's not good for an economic recovery And that's where the headline number's important from a central bank perspective, even though they do look at the core numbers.
1: Indeed. So I suppose the point to make overnight as well, there will be this moment where all prices actually work against themselves, because uh, the higher the price goes, the more demand destruction there is in relation to energy, because it just becomes
0: too expensive. Well, it's really CHOPEC at the moment, if you want to call it that. On one hand, you've got China on the demand side, and then on the supply narrative side, it's all about OPEC with their supply cuts. So much depends on that dynamic at the moment. But of course, oil was right for a pullback overnight. We did see the US Nymex price down by 2.1% to 91.71 US dollars a barrel, pulling back from the August 2022 highest level that we saw yesterday. So we're just a few dollars short of the 100 level that we saw in the last couple of days so energy traders took the opportunity to take some profits there tom the reality is that inventories are at rock bottom lows and this is a problem at a time
1: when the us for example is still trying to fill its strategic petroleum reserve and they've signaled very conveniently to the whole world where their price level is in terms of restocking Which is uh, an interesting approach, but nonetheless, it's tough when inventories are as low as they are. The consolation being that they've uh, finished their driving season in the US and they're heading into winter where you'll see demand taper off a little bit, but
0: it's still an inconvenience. It certainly is. And on top of that, you've also got the job market remaining resilient. So last night, we saw initial jobless claims for unemployment benefits lift by 2,000 to 204,000 last week. So the labour market still remains tight. The surveyed expectations were for jobless claims to lift at 215,000. So what that suggests is that pay gains will remain at the forefront. And of course, we've got the auto workers' strike happening at the moment with the 40% pay gain there being mooted. And at the same time, we've got the US government shut down on October 1. Something that really got my
1: attention last night was in Canada, uh, Ryan, with uh, the Canadian wages outcome for the last month, which was a lot higher than what they were looking for, and a big push higher compared to the last month. So we're in a a new paradigm now when it comes to this belief that inflation will continue to taper off. It could very well be a different situation.
0: Absolutely. So The Federal Reserve soft landing narrative is under some pressure. The path is narrowing. They've only achieved a soft landing once in 1994. We know where bond yields went in that period. They went up. So to your point about skyrocketing interest rates, Ryan, we saw um, a very
1: substantial push higher in Europe when it came to interest rates. We actually did see a better-than-expected reading for German inflation, but the problem is that we've got that Very dependable European issue come to the fore, which is fiscal discipline on the part of individual governments. And there are concerns that governments like uh, the Italian government, the French government are borrowing too much. They'll uh, break the European rules when it comes to deficits as a proportion of GDP.
0: And we're off to the races in terms of European bond yields. (laughs) It's never-ending when it comes to Europe, when it comes to debt and deficits, and Italy is always at the forefront of this situation. So what we did see overnight was the Italian government cut its growth forecast for this year and next and hiked its budget deficit targets. And we did see some improvement when it came to German inflation. As you mentioned, we saw German consumer prices lift by 4.3% over the year to September after a reading of 6.4% in August. Spain's headline inflation rose 3.5% in September. That was boosted by soaring energy costs. So the 10-year German Bund yield was up about 10 basis points at one stage to 2.93%, hitting its highest level since July 2011. European share markets rose from six-month lows on Thursday after a jump in mining stocks. They rose by 2.2%. And the continent-wide FTSE Euro first 300 index was up 0.4%. Germany's DAX index rose 0.7%. And the UK FTSE 100 index edged high by 0.1%.
1: So quickly looking ahead to today's action, uh, we have private sector credit figures which will be educational but probably not motivational in terms of uh, the way that they will impact prices. In the next day, we have important manufacturing numbers out of China. That will be significant. Later on tonight, local time, we'll have those uh, US inflation numbers that we spoke about. Ryan, what are you expecting today? I think um, we've got the spy futures expected to kick off with a gain of around a half of 1%. We've seen a moderation where commodity prices are concerned. Uh, As you mentioned, oil fell, gold was down by around a half of 1% to 1867 US an ounce. Uh, Is this going to just be a pause until we get those US inflation numbers out of the way?
0: Well, it looks like today we'll have a positive end to the week in Australia, but we could see those mining shares up. We did see Rio Tinto and BHP both up by up to 2% in the UK overnight. So certainly we did see a slight lift in the iron ore price yesterday, but we've got the Golden Week holiday in China coming up. So demand there may ease on the back of that. But certainly today the big focus will be on Liontown. It's going to release its earnings. It's the strongest performer on the ASX 200 so far this year. Its share price is up 126%, and Liontown has been... In the news lately, Gina Reinhardt, Australia's richest person, has been buying more of that stock. It's a lithium producer, and it's got its flagship Kathleen Valley project in the northern Goldfields of WA. And, of course, you've had Albemarle, the New York-listed lithium producer running the ruler over the company of late as well. So look out for those results today. Indeed, the Aussie dollar has pushed higher to 64.2 US cents,
1: having been as low as 63.6 US cents in the last day. So not a bad recovery
0: as the US dollar moderates somewhat. Have a great weekend, Ryan. You too, Tom. Go the Brisbane Lions and the Brisbane Broncos.